Hola Mujeron, on today's episode, you will be listening to part one of the panel discussion we had at our Mujeron Movement Austin event on March 8th. This event was so intimate and the vibe was so magical. I wanted to make sure to bring the conversation with our amazing panelists on the podcast. So make sure you check them out using the link on the show notes. Also, if you haven't heard, we just announced the date for our Mujeron Movement 2023 event. We are bringing back our one-day signature event on October 28th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Join us for a day of empowerment, community, and purpose to help you become the Mujeron of your dreams. Mark your calendar, amiga, because our pre-sale starts on March 29th and this special pricing will only be available for one week. This will be the lowest price you will be able to get your ticket. But of course, I will be reminding you here on the podcast, so make sure you are tuning in. I am so excited because this is my favorite day, of course, and if you were there last year, you know that this day is so powerful. We've had women say that this event was life-changing. They have taken action. Just seeing your guys' journey after the event has been amazing. So make sure you mark your calendars. And today's episode is going to give you a little taste of the type of powerful conversations that we have in these type of rooms. So, amigas, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. All right, ladies, how are we feeling today? Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is our first time in Austin. Yes. First time in Texas. And I just want to say you guys are an incredible group of women. I've connected with such amazing women here in Texas and I'm just so excited to be here and to share this magical night with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, for supporting us. All right. So our first speaker was previously employed at a top tech company as a business consultant when she decided to take a gamble and leave her corporate career to launch her first online coaching business during COVID. After one year in business, it hit six figures. She then built and launched her own branded private gym, Thick Mammies, in Austin that also hit six figures in one year. Desiring this for others to have a similar success has led her to become a business activation coach and speaker. Please welcome Erika Medina. Take a seat and we're going to bring our other beautiful ladies so I can we can start our conversation. Our next speaker is the president and founder of SAS Multi-Service, S-A-S Multi-Service, which, did I say it right? Oh, wait, wait, girl, I have a whole thing for you. Hold on. She provides everyone from small businesses to growing organizations with bookkeeping, accounting, and staffing solutions. We all need that, right? By sharing her expertise, she provides her clients with the tools needed to confidently streamline operations and scale their growth. Please welcome Jessenia Velasquez. And our next speaker is life coach, speaker, and author. She helps others choose themselves 
and their dreams by breaking generational cycles and beliefs that keep them from living in fulfillment and stepping into their power. She is the author of Versos del Viento, which you just heard amazing verses, a poetry book where she shares her experience as a first-gen immigrant mujer. Her goal is to create a space where she can bring awareness and inspire her community to also share their story and their voice. Please help me celebrate again, Kenya del Viento. Kenya Cabrera Herrera. Wait, did I say it? Kenya Margarita Cabrera Herrera. And our last speaker is none and the one and only owner of um, Mira Mira. She is an owner and creative director. She is an Austin-based photographer and also um, Mira Mira is an Austin-based venue and photography studio created with a purpose to provide women with a safe and creative space to feel seen. Jules, the founder and first-generation American, is um, the first entrepreneur in her family. Her passion for photography began in her teenage years when she started giving women full makeovers and capturing their beauty through, through photography. Over the years, she has honed her skills in photography, catering to people, events, and female-owned brands. She is the owner of this amazing studio. Please help me welcome Jules J. Montano. And we're going to get comfortable, and I want you guys to start jotting down your questions as well in, you know, the mental notes that you have here because uh, we have some powerhouses. And if you are planning to open a business, if you have a business, if you have a big idea, if you are just wanting to get out of your own way, these are the women that we can ask some amazing questions. So I obviously wrote down my own questions today, but I wanted to first, ladies, have you guys tell us a little bit more about how you were inspired to get into action and into your dreams. We'll start with Erika. Hi, mommies. How are you? Hi. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. It just, this is just lights me up so much. Um, so what inspired me specifically to launch the businesses? It was COVID. Everybody remember that? Yeah, it was an interesting time. <laughs> there, there was a lot of reflection that happened, maybe a lot of drinking, and, <laughs> and a little of everything. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, I was at, a, at Zillow. I worked at Zillow for many years as a business consultant. I managed a book of business, and I was also um, a sales uh, team lead. And um, essentially, I had a region in Florida, and I had to like travel once a month, and take care of my clients, make sure they were happy and they were scaling the businesses accordingly. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I love my job, but when I had to work from home, <laughs> I realized I may not have loved my job as much as I thought. <laughs> so I was like, okay, um, I, I love the money I make. So I was like, this is great. But then I was by myself at home talking to my clients in between. And in between uh, the calls, I usually we were at, at, at the actual location at work in the office and it was like a very robust sales floor. It was fun. And I was like, ah, I think I actually love more working where I'm at and the people than what I do. <laughs> like, oh, it was just like, <laughs> and um, what actually made me pivot into the first business was um, that I recently made a transformation with my body. And I was really obsessed with everything fitness and nutrition. So anyone would talk to me at work, they're like, 
They're like, Erica, this, this, thing. And I'm like, yeah, but about macros. So if you eat this much chicken, and you make sure that you have the quality of the protein, and then also, they're like, Erica, let me say one more thing about macros, we're done. Like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. So I was just, I just love talking about it. So they're like, if you love it so much, why don't you just go do it? And I was like, huh, I don't know, maybe. So <laughs> I don't really have time to really process, or I didn't, what I would like to say, I wasn't intentionally, I wasn't intentionally making time to be aware of what I really wanted to go forward with that. I was just being on autopilot, right? Which a lot of us, I think before COVID, were just on autopilot, right? So then I decided, I said, okay, I want to launch an online fitness coaching business. And the only entrepreneur I knew was Jules. <laughs> she was everybody else in, in, in Seattle was in, in like uh, working at corporate. So I was like, okay, Jules, what do you do? Like, how do you start a business? I don't know anything about this shit. You know, she's like, uh, she's like, oh, well, you know, you get an LLC. You get like, we did like a whole Zoom call. She like, you have to have. She had a whole list together. I was like, okay, let's get like quickly Zoom calls. You know, I'm still in corporate mode, so we can like get a line, make sure I have all my systems in place. She's like, oh, okay. She was like so sweet, and she was like literally because we were friends in Seattle. And she's the one that actually like helped me, and that's why I believe community is so important because you need support regardless of how capable you are. It is your belief system. It is you know what you don't know what you're capable of, mm-hmm. and to have others here support you through that, you, you do need that. We all need that. So that is what inspired me to kind of launch my first business was specifically having active reflection of where I was at and you know making a move and people told me they're like erica like you shouldn't leave your business like i i was at my fourth promotion in five years they're like why would you leave us like you're not going to make money as a trainer it's like are you crazy and i'm like as i I, and i I have a very specific saying and i hope this resonates with you guys i told them i said i i do not chase money right i'm money so wherever i go the money will be there we are all money Money is just attracted to you because of you know of your energy and your presence, right? That you vibrate through. So I was very passionate about like I, if I put my energy, my heart into something, beautiful things are gonna come. Yeah. I love that. Love that so much. Yes, clap for that. All right, Jessenia. Yay! I'm excited to be here. First of all, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me here, especially in this March 8th, very historic day um you guys need to know that through history we've been fighting as women through votes to have the same amount of pay in the industry but we're not going to get into that right <laughs> we could congratulations well, congratulations so my name is Yesenia. i am the president and founder of sas multi-service out of houston texas we work with all over the state so thank you you're from Houston and um, so how everything started was I come actually from the health industry so I actually got laid off in 2018 and I'm a first-generation Salvadorian parent so first daughter you know how it is the tios, the tias, the moms are like translate this document and you're like nine years old right and they're like don't you go to school for this like you should know this right so um, I got laid off my mom was my biggest supporter so uh, shout out to my mom um she was the one that was like look you can just do your own thing open a multi-service you can do taxes and um do translations and i can start charging for this right so funny thing is how world the the world works and also how god works because two weeks prior me getting laid off i got into liberty tax to take taxes uh, classes and all that stuff i always wanted to learn so then from there 
I was like, okay, this is it. This is a sign. I need to open my business. So from there, God puts people in your life. Um, now we are a group of professionals of 20 people. Uh, we have bookkeepers, accountants, CPAs. And I'm not a bookkeeper or an accountant or CPA, so just disclaimer, right? But we help our community by, you know, like you said, you wanted to open a business. You don't have this, that person that you can call and be like, hey, I want to open a business. How can I start this? Like, you go do your taxes every every year, but you see your tax preparer once a year. Do they really sit down and explain everything to you? So um, for me, that was very important, especially in the Hispanic community. Um, right now, um, we have over uh, 800 clients, and um, we help them from business formation to accounting, bookkeeping, and tax. One of my um, journals in 2019, I wrote down that I wanted to have a business where my, my family could work in, and now my brother's an accountant, and one of my, my little brothers is a, a bookkeeper, so it's just keep going, manifest it, pray for it, and God is going to put everything in order, so yes, um, we're here to help, so that's thank a little bit you. about my story. Thank, thank you so much. Yes. Danielle. Hi, everyone, again. Um, so my journey with life coaching started, um, I it started last year, and I, but it actually started way before that. I just didn't know it yet, but I, I'm a first gen. I wasn't documented um, until the age of 19, then I got DACA, and then I, um, I got my residency late, later on after I moved to Texas. But my journey was a little bit different where, in where, like, there was a lot of fears, and, um, I always knew, like, like, kind of what, um, like, we all do, like, we translate those documents, but I felt like I, I had been modeling, like, my family, like, my parents, and I didn't know this until last year, but I had a lot of, like, responsibilities and things, and, like, I, I always knew, like, I was, I, I knew deep down, I was, like, I'm meant for more, like, I know a lot, I, but there was so many, so many fears, and so many, um, I always say this, where, like, Si no lo puedes ver, like if you can't see it, like your environment, like you can't even dream it, right? Like you're, it's just so far away. So I felt like there was things that I would dream and people around me would be like, wow, like what? Like, no. And so I wouldn't really um, think about those things much, but the pandemic hit and I was a kindergarten teacher and I was always in a grateful mentality, like, yes, I'm so grateful, like, I'm so grateful to be in this country, first of all, I'm so grateful, like, I can speak English, my accent is not that bad anymore, like, already, right, and even at school, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm so grateful, like, for this job, for being here in this room full of, like, this amazing teachers, and that didn't allow me to speak up and to really say, like, stop, you're taking advantage of me, and in the pandemic, I had 27 kids, kindergarten, uh, pre-K kids, actually, in the pandemic, and I was crying every day, and I was just, uh, I don't know if you have teacher friends, but it was, or you're a teacher, uh, it was so hard, I don't know what to say, so then I was like, 2021, 2022, the pandemic is gone, like, almost over, it's gonna be great, like, I'm gonna, it's, it's gonna get better, right? I some something inside me said it's gonna get better and uh it didn't get better and my body and my mind just 
didn't take it well. I was going through a lot. And it was either I, I started getting ronchas, like all these red rashes in my body. And I remember my husband, so all my family's in California and it's just me and my husband here. So the support also was kind of um, something where like, it was just me and my husband and, and he saw it and I, and I saw it and I was like, it's either my job or my, or my health or my life. And he's like, you're right. And I was like, I'm quitting. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I feel so lucky to be in that space where I, I, I don't have children right now. I have the money saved up to kind of take that year. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. And I came across Sonia in, I think in March or some, I think March or February. And I did in April, I think, or we did, I started Mujeron University. And I was just like, I went to her masterclass and I just felt, I felt it. Like I was like, I belong here. I don't know. I never been exposed to any coaching. I didn't know about the self-development, any of that. Like, it's not something I see in my family. So I was just kind of like, oh my God, should I do this? And I just knew in my heart, like it just felt like I needed that and I did it. And, and it was just clarity and community and committing and choosing myself after that. And it has been, I, I cannot believe sometimes I'm like I'm living a dream <laughs> yeah and I'm like you know I like the versos and all and I'm like I'm living a dream like when people say don't say dream it's your life I'm like I'm living a dream <laughs> you know like this is a dream like yeah. because just because un sueño, you know like and and I was called a dreamer for a long time so people are like yeah but I know I this is real and it, and it's real and this is the power of community, the power of clarity of doing the inner work. There's a lot of work that I, I'm still doing and this is where it takes you. And I'm just so happy to be here. And I, I also want to take a moment to shout out her husband over there. Yes. Because I think a lot of times when people see the Mujer on Movement, they're like, ay, son feministas, son no les usan los hombres, da, da, da. And it's like, no, we, we understand the, the power of our partners, right? No matter who, who it is and um i feel like the support the community the the it takes a village it really does and i just wanted to shout that out because it's amazing to have the the men standing by us or whoever your partner right and um i am so excited and happy for you and thank you so much for bringing us to austin one more time Dad, so i'm gonna give you two stories real quick but i'll keep them short <laughs> so my journey started um i the first entrepreneur in my family and so i watched my dad who's from middle he's a refugee from iraq and i watched my mom who's uh was an immigrant from mexico growing up i was a middle child and i also grew up in a very very strict religion which i have understood recently i guess is a cult but it's hard for me to accept that sometimes because that's hard to accept that that was my life for 27 years. Um, so I grew up in a situation where college and a future wasn't really there. Um, since I was little, not celebrating holidays, not being a part of the organization outside of the religion I was in, 
it was consistently repeated that the end of the day was coming. There was an Armageddon coming and that essentially don't do anything on this earth. This earth is going to wash away and put your treasures in this organization. This organization is run by men. So my dad from Iraq is also, and I love my parents. Let me say this. I love my parents. They did their best with what they knew, but they were young and they had no education themselves. My dad came from a war. And so I grew up in a situation where the value of a woman just was like so small. And I knew I was creative and I would hide that, but it was just like, I submitted to what I had to do to survive. And I ended up working at a dry cleaners when I was 15. And it was my boss who witnessed me plan my wedding. I was 17, by the way. Um, and she saw the way it was so organized and how I like was like all in. And I was like learning photography at the same time. And he watched me just go crazy. And he was like, you had to find her. I was super organized. And he was just like, oh my God, she should be an entrepreneur. And I was like, what? I had like in the back of the steamer, like steaming clothes. And, you know, I was between the bilingual, I was bilingual. So I was between the Hispanics who were illegal steaming clothes and the front, which was run by a lot of Caucasian women who were doing customer service and I'm in the middle, which is what I felt like my whole life, just right in the middle, but don't be a part of this world. And here's someone that witnessed me for the first time. And I was like, he pulled me aside. He was an accountant. He was, he had taken the entrepreneurship journey. He, he had taken the business because his father died, but he pulled me in the side and he said, I'm going to tell you something that won't make sense to you, to you until later. And at the time he had witnessed my, my husband, who became my husband, who was not great. And he said, I want you to do something for you. And I want you to save money because one day you're going to need that account. And I know that your religion tells you to put everything in one, but one day you're going to need to survive and you're going to need to get, he's not going to be in the picture and you're going to need to know these skills. And I want you to pursue photography. I see how passionate you are. So I'm going to do something that no one can know. He put me in a a different location that was outside of this area where I'd be by myself. And he said, I'm going to give you salary, but I want to check in on you. And I want to make sure that you are doing what you need to do to become an entrepreneur and I'll guide you. So he came in and had conversations with me. I didn't know what I was like, what is he talking about? Um, long story short, I've never been able to reach him or connect with him to thank him for that. But that always stuck with me. And when I was 27, I got divorced and I left that religion and um, essentially not got shunned officially, but essentially you are shunned when you leave. So you can't, you lose your whole community. And I went into this world. And what I realized is community. Oh my gosh, you need community. So when I started Meet Up Mita, I came here with Erica. So we have a backstory. She had asked me about entrepreneurship. I came here and I went through the inner work that, is, that you just went through. It's deep. I went deeply into an inner work. And what I recognized was I didn't think it would be this. I'm so grateful for what it became. It was just showing up each day. But I realized I needed a space to really feel my clients to feel seen because I was doing it in my apartment and it was so hard. I was like, I can't live here and do this and transform this and go up the stairs. And I'm like, well, my God. So I literally had no blocks. Like it was so interesting because when I got here and Erica knows, I went on Craigslist and I was like, I need a space. And all the reasons why you shouldn't have a space should be there. But I was like, I need a space. That's all I know. And I found a Craigslist ad that said, must see to appreciate. And no photos, no photos. I walked in, 
old school Hispanic guy, actually. Old school guy, had the place since the 70s. It was not like this at all. I promise you, if you want to see the photos, ask me. They're foreign. Well, I walked in and I had a little doubt. And Erica thankfully stepped in and was like, let's go look at it again. She looked at it in it. And she is a big reason why I started this journey with Mira Mira. Because when I came in, she looked at me and she goes, and she's like, what's holding you back? Because she saw the beauty. And I was like, wow. <laughs> lot of money and i don't know if it's gonna work she was what if i take the front and i was like oh my gosh that'd be amazing so the door this actually just got open two days ago this was hers this was mine i extended the parking lot that wasn't there so i started in this little room right here and that was a year and a half ago and then slowly as i started sponsoring events i was like we need more space we need more space and i reacted to that i was like we need to expand this way and then when she had it out we need to expand this way and it's now what you're seeing if this podcast episode resonated with you and you are ready to get out of your own way, join the waitlist for Mujeron University. Mujeron University is our signature group coaching program that helps you gain the clarity you need to reach the next level in your life or business, master confidence so you can take massive action and build a community of people who just get you. The women inside our waitlist get access to our free masterclass and are the first to know when doors officially open for Mujeron University. All right, amigas, let's get back to the show. How beautiful. And I feel like there's a theme here of like doing the inner work, community, we'll get all into all of that. But I want to ask you guys about the I, leaving the identity that we had. Right, because I think a lot of times where we're making the jump into the next level, the next version of ourselves, that that identity that we had before comes a lot and it brings imposter syndrome. It starts telling us like, no, who are you to take on this new level? Who, you know, what do you know? All of those things. So can you give us a little bit of how you guys were able to appreciate that season and that part of your life? but also leave that identity behind to now step into who you were meant to be. Um, so I want to start by saying this, that you never, ever feel that you can do really everything mm. that you think you're going to do. I definitely have imposter syndrome every single day. And it's one of those things like fear. You're going to feel it every single day. It's just a choice that you make as far as to push past it, right? And do what you want and need to do anyway. That's courage. So when you do the new thing and you have the new identity and you assimilate, it does take time, but at the same time, you are becoming while you're doing. It's it, a process and it's fluid and that doesn't stop, right? So you're constantly in the space where you're transforming, right? And you're assimilating and then you transform again. And you, it, it, just, it just never ends, but imposter syndrome is something that i still feel and i feel like any entrepreneur i don't think they're being truthful if they're saying they don't <laughs> yeah. on a daily basis because you know you have a lot of amazing talented people you're surrounded with that may have like years and years and years of experience on you but there's something that i heard on the podcast that really stuck with me that helps with imposter syndrome and that's that if you are for example there's five levels as far as expertise is concerned Someone's at a level five, like, you know, they're the expert of their field. There's a level four, a three, a two, a one. If you're a two, you can still help and show up and guide for those that are level one. Mm -hmm. 
So show up and support them because they need you right now. Not when you to wait till you're at a level five in order to start. And I was like, oh, I think I'm level three or two. Okay, so I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna help some twos and ones. So I just got all excited. <laughs> so that, that's a little bit of yes. mentality and like mindset that has really helped me as an entrepreneur to feel enough and to feel that I can support someone if they're at a level two or one percent. I love that, yes. I think that a lot of times that, yes. Let's take, let's take a moment for that. Uh, I, I, I like to think about also in, in what you said, how you're helping the version of you that was like in the beginning, right? The woman was not queer. She had no idea where she was going. But I love that of like the five level. I want to ask you one more thing. Uh, when it came to leaving a tech job where you were I'm sure your your salary was great, right? Everything was great. How do you explain that to people who don't see the vision? Like, how were you able to stay like, or how were you able to just trust that intuition, that gut, and say like, yeah, they they have a point, but wait, wait yeah. a second, like what's coming is even better. Yeah, no. So um, anyone that's an entrepreneur, you have to fundamentally be a visionary. It kind of has to be in your DNA, so to speak. Mm. You are a risk taker, right, by heart. And you know that there's always going to be risk. There's nothing that's certain. And you basically are chasing a vision that has yet to be materialized in real life, right, and in real time. But you and I, this is what I feel. I felt a really strong intuition. Like, kind of like, there's like, what I call, um, and I know of, um, we have our normal thinking mind, and then we have our higher knowing, our higher mind, that gives us our downloads and intuition. That when it tells us this is a yes, you don't know why, you can't explain it, this is a no. Like you can, you can feel it, right? And if you're really in touch with your intuition, it will always guide you, right? If you choose to listen. Yes. So what I chose to do was trust my intuition regardless of what you know the specific programming that was set in, in place for me and their family like my father my family like no what are you gonna leave like what are you gonna do like no but like oh like money and security and you know so it's like well you know with all the layoffs happening lately with corporate i'm like oh what happened to security yeah. <laughs> they call me like erica microsoft laid off like three and then oh amazon laid off like oh no really oh my god so you're saying nothing's for sure oh okay oh no <laughs> Nothing is ever 100%. So they're at the presumption that based off of how our programming is set up that you have to do the 95, you have to do this, you have to do, you don't have to do anything. This is your life that you design how you wish. And I just <laughs> never subscribe to that. I always subscribe to if this is what I need to go do and my intuition is telling me do it, we'll figure it out. The whole plan doesn't have to be there. The feeling and just a rough draft is fine. Yes. Yes, same question. So I'm going to go ahead and piggyback from her um, intuition. Yeah, that is very important. But how do you find that intuition, right? So you have to block that distraction. You know, there's always, you have the vision. Because like she said, if you are an entrepreneur, you have to have a vision. No matter if your family, your husband tells you like, no, you're crazy. How are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't care. We're going to eat frijoles and huevos for a a year. But I'm going to do it. Yes, exactly. So um, 
the the way also is that you have to find yourself because if you you don't block that distraction you you're gonna block your blessings so that's another thing I had to work with me as my parents like they were always like oh you're gonna you, you need to you're just gonna be a stay-at-home mom like I have three kids and I'm married by the way so um, my dad was very machista and he always was like, no, you're, mira, estás gorda, like, oh, haz algo, like, with your life, and until, like, last year, he was the one that came and told me, like, okay, I see what you're doing now, but you have to just find yourself and don't allow any negativity come to you, 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 and, and whenever people would tell me, like, it's because you have to sit in silence and breathe and all that, I'm like, what are they talking about? But whenever you actually do that, that's whenever that voice comes to you and God speaks to you. You just have to allow him and listen to him and be present with yourself. So um, as you know, any decision that you're going to make in life and just pray about it and it's going to come through because it's God puts everything in your in your path. So yeah. I love that so much. I feel so connected to that. I, I believe that that's so true. I think for me, with the question that you asked in the past, I used to put everybody in front. And as an immigrant and as the first person in my family to be documented or to have that, that I remember like I felt like I had to do it for them. Everything that I did, everything that I was doing, I was like, okay, this is for like, you know, helping and helping everyone and every and and everyone around me. And I think all like for me, I remember going about my life for a big vision of helping my family. And that's a beautiful vision. And that's still the vision. But there was something missing. And it was choosing myself first. You cannot help your family if you're not choosing yourself. And the moment that I started choosing myself, the moment that I said, what's, what do I want? How can I get there? So that then I can, like, you know, like when you say like the fill your cup type of thing. Well, I wasn't filling my cup. So I was showing up to everywhere. Like I was, I remember this was going to back then, like, oh, my job, like, I know, you know, like everywhere, like, me, me quejaba, me quejaba. like I was toxic <laughs> but it was but it was it was like it was because that was my reality because I was not pouring into me not spending time with myself not journaling not not really focusing on what I wanted and when I started doing that that intuition listening to that intuition and like signing up for that self-development thing that I that was for me like taking that time to write like now I schedule daily writing because that's what I love to do that's what brings me like the reflection the poetry like I love that right and when I started doing that I started being a better wife a better daughter and I I just feel like I my brothers they wanted always to go to, to learn English and now like my brothers are going to school and I don't know if it's me but I feel like it is me some type of way uh, influencing them and my sister, she was so scared to get on planes. She came on a plane. She was so scared to do her documents. So I I don't know if anyone is familiar with this, but even if you sometimes have the possibility to go get your documents, people won't do it because they're scared, because there's a lot of barriers and they're like, oh no, I don't want to go through that. So even my sister, 
she went through that like because I did coaching on her. Yep. And so it's for me, it changed. I couldn't help my family if I couldn't help myself. And the moment that I started choosing myself, the intuition, that everything just felt like it was lining up. And that is like, that's why my big vision is choose you. And I want to help other women choose them because themselves because I wasn't choosing myself. And that's when the shift happened so, so fast and so amazingly. I, I feel like the more I've been on airplanes, and I, I think you guys have heard this too, if you have a child with you, they always tell you like, hey, if something happens, put your mask first and then put your child's mask. And that seems so like, oh yeah, well, you know, like how, how, you know, how would I help him if I wasn't taking care of myself? But it like really goes to anything in life. If we don't take care of ourselves, how do we take care of the people that we love? So thank you for sharing that. Jewel. So for me, uh, what's helped is taking it day by day. So every day showing up for the presence and not getting too far ahead. It's a new practice for me. I think most of my 20s, I was constantly chasing future. And I think it was kind of normal that we do that. And now I'm present. And what is neat? What do I need to do to show up today? Because that way I stay focused on what's possible today, what I can control. And if I do that, the days just keep showing up and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I did it. And that's how it really got me through building me on me that. Because if somebody would have told me what it would have taken, I would have said no. <laughs> or like, go out in a freaking way. <laughs> that, that is way too much work. But I showed up each day and I was like, what can I do today? What can I focus on today? The other thing would be surrounding myself with people who are a good influence on me and uh, showing me what that balance and that healthier version of me looks like one that takes care of herself um self-care was a big issue for me i didn't i struggled with self-care i didn't put myself first um a lot of us have that similar and i had to learn that later in life and so i surround myself with smaller lists but the two people who have the biggest impact of me are here in this room it's my boyfriend in the back anthony i call him koala there he has a very buddha philosophy personality I literally sometimes would just hug him and he just grounds me and gives me calm energy and he shows me what it's like to succeed because he's a successful person but he shows me what it's like to take care of herself first. And Eric is the second person, a card by White Beat. She shows me what it's like to feel empowered in my most confident, highest self. She just, I don't know if you could tell, but this woman is literally just empowerment, goddess, highest self, queen. And I, in the story that I shared and what I went through, that was so hard for me to see myself like that. And that was my imposter syndrome. That was what was hard. They never saw myself in a leadership role. I never saw myself in my highest self. I saw myself serving people, always being the assistant, always being the, I don't know, um, not the leadership. And I think a lot of us as Latin women, first generation, it doesn't matter, um, woman of color, we tend to fall in that category because there aren't a lot of people that see that we see that are taking up space that look like us. And so me getting to be able to have a six-year relationship with Erica and watch her go through life, but then now we live together and what we do for each other on a day and how we chose to live together to be so intentional. I mean, today was a crazy busy day. It's last week's been crazy and then literally got a text and she's like, I got food ready for you. And I was like, I love you so much. 
that shit matters. So uh, I love that. And I guess, go ahead. I saw a video somewhere where they were talking about why don't we celebrate when we make these type of friendships, right? Like we celebrate when we get married and like when we find our soulmate. But what if our soulmate is also, you know, our best friend? And I, like we said, right, it takes a village. They're a part of who we are. And I think that that's so beautiful. And I, I love that you shared that. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this conversation of our panel discussion in Austin. Remember, this is only part one. Part two will be dropping next week. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron Podcast.